0: Hello, my name is Tia, and this is my journey on how I learned to bloom. Thanks for joining me. Hello, everybody. I am here tonight with my husband, Cody. We're gonna be recording another episode together. We're going to be talking about the mental load in a marriage and we're going to be talking about our own specific scenario which i identify as a woman i was born a woman and cody is a man and identifies as a man he was born a man so you know this discussion is obviously like suited for one specific scenario so i always like to preface that whenever i'm talking about like gendered language or relationships because yeah we are in a heterosexual relationship and I don't know. I just, I never want to discredit or not include the fact that obviously there are so many different variations of relationships out there. But today we're going to be talking about our specific relationship. And that is that I am a wife and I have a husband. And yeah, I think, um, it's just important to talk about, the loads that we take on, whether it be like a mental load or a physical load or like chores or parenting, all of those things. I just thought it would be a fun discussion to have. Also, I listened to a podcast a couple of days ago where it was Chatty Broads. And I've talked about Chatty Broads before, Becca and Jess. It's my favorite podcast. It's the only podcast I listen to. They often have like a broad variety of topics on the show. And yeah, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, they had... Two therapists on who happened to be married, and they talked about like uh, communication issues, general marital problems, but then they also talked about like feminism and the pressure that mothers feel and the unfair load with that, and all sorts of things. And, anyways, it basically just sparked some inspiration for me for this podcast so i went and told cody about it and i'm like okay we have to record about this so now we are going to do that in fact after i listened to that podcast i don't think it was like immediately after it was later on in the day but cody and i were sitting down after dinner or later on in the evening i don't remember i don't remember if the kids were in bed i don't think they were no okay anyways we were just sitting down at some point and i talked to him about the podcast that i listened to and Yeah, just like sort of brought up the topics and I don't even remember. How did it even start? What did I say to you? Do you remember?
1: I don't remember. I just remember it was a like natural and productive conversation that we thought we should like elaborate on later and share in podcast format.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm trying to think. I think specifically there was like a lot. Oh, you know what it was? Okay. I remember what it was. You have to stop moving that chair. It's going to... The sound is going to pick up. Sorry, right. <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave that in there, to be honest. <laughs> um, okay, so I remember what it was, actually. You know what it was? Uh, Becca and Jess, they had... So the couple that they had on on Instagram, it's the angry therapist, which is the husband. His name is John. And then the wife is Vanessa. I don't actually know what her Instagram handle is. I want to say it's like just Vanessa Bennett, her first and last name or something. The... So Vanessa... Because they had John and Vanessa on for the first like three quarters of the episode, but then they kicked John off and then it was just the ladies chatting. And Vanessa started to talk about feminism and how obviously the feminism movement is great. Like obviously that goes without saying it's like, it feels even kind of stupid to just say that because obviously the feminism movement is great. I wouldn't even be sitting here recording with you if it weren't for feminism, you know? Um, but then she also said, like, okay, I'm about to say something controversial, but, you know, feminism has also sort of put on this, like, unrealistic pressure onto women, and that pressure being that... You know, now we're expected to, like, be the head of the household in the sense of, like, okay, we take care of everything. We take care of the entire mental load when it comes to, like, scheduling our entire family's lives, making sure our children are doing their activities, going to their sports. They're enrolled in kindergarten. They're going to preschool. They're going to daycare. Like, that typically does fall on us. And then also we're expected to somehow (laughs) be, like, the perfect mother, like, a stay-at-home mother type ideal. And then also work and bring in money and like we just have to be so multifaceted in a way that I feel like men don't have that same pressure of being and so she was sort of talking about like yeah feminism has sort of pushed us more into this like masculine energy of having this like stereotypical boss energy that didn't used to be a thing and obviously like when I think about myself for example I think about how You know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I take on this large mental load, I take care of our house, you know, I, my child wants their room decorated or I want their room decorated for them, like, I just do it, you know, I'm a podcaster, I just started another job, I have my own doula business, like, there's so much about me and I love that and I feel strong and powerful and capable and also it would be great to not feel so much pressure to do all of those things because I do wonder how much of everything I'm doing is societal pressure. So yeah, that's that's sort of what Vanessa talked about. And I sat down and talked to Cody about that, you know, like, yes, just so grateful for the ability to uh, be an equal person and not be literal property to my husband. And also it would be great if I could just sort of like settle in my feminine mother self and not feel like well I gotta be bringing in money too and you know I have to like lead our house in a way that I think a lot of moms feel these days so and then I don't I don't know how it went from there I think we kind of started talking about like the kids and how we want to prepare them Mm -hmm. for life and yeah
1: yeah how we would like push kind of a reset on any like um, automatic societal Like programming or whatever we feel Mm -hmm. like we had, we were like, okay, well, I had to probably like more than you adjust my expectations and, and, and um, like my load that I was Mm -hmm. taking on. Mm -hmm. Like I had to adjust to that more than you had to adjust to that. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about raising, at first, specifically, you know, the boys, but also like, you know any any kids we have like our daughter as well I was yeah. like I w- we want to raise them all with a level like or well-roundedness and an expectation of like what a human adult should bring to the table when you're interacting with other human adults and then more specifically in romantic relationships yes. later on in their lives that was kind of where we took that and yeah
0: yeah. And then I <laughs> and then I sort of bugged you about how I felt like you were not capable of being an adult when you first moved into my apartment, which mm-hmm. then turned into our apartment. And we talked about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think we could go into that a little bit if you want to talk about how we grew up and what we saw from okay. what yes. like a person of our gender was expected to do and then yes. how that translated into how okay. We lived with other people
0: so i think it's a little bit of a tricky discussion because we grew up in very different households i grew up with a single mother the majority of the time like okay yes i had a stepdad at some point but in the big picture for the majority of my upbringing it was with a single mother who was very strong and boss energy and so i didn't really grow up with uh stereotypical gender roles or like a form of sexism in my house, I would say, because yeah, it was mostly just her and I, like even my sister, she's so much younger than I, that it was my mom and I for a really long time. And so, you know, I grew up basically being brought up like, you got to look out for yourself, you got to do everything by yourself. And it's, it's, it's you or nobody, basically, like, so I don't know, that's a tough, like, I don't, uh, yeah, we grew up so opposite, but I feel like, it's hard to compare our situations because they were almost in different categories. Like, I think you grew up with more stereotypical gender roles. And it's like, I feel like it would be more comparable to say, like, I grew up with a mom and dad in my household who didn't have gender roles. But instead, I just, like, I grew up with a single mom who did literally everything. Yeah. Like, there was no even... My dad didn't live in the same province as me and any stepdad I did have, like, (laughs) he was not uh, the epitome of get her done dad. Like, my mom has always been the one who repaired anything. like, okay, so I guess that is kind of comparable because, so when I did have a stepdad, my stepdad was not the type of person to fix a leak in our kitchen faucet. That was my mom. My dad was not, my stepdad was not the type of person to, uh, you know, fix something on the car if it needed to be fixed. It was like, my mom actually didn't really do that much car stuff. It just went to the mechanic. But yeah, like, my mom did everything. I don't remember my stepdad really doing those sort of gendered roles other than going to work, obviously.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I, I think they're not so different in the sense of our mothers. Like, you, your mother had to also work and then do everything. Yes. Whereas my mom wasn't expected to work. And she did for like a period of time, like when me and my siblings were older and in our teens. Right. Um, But for most of my childhood, my mom was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And she did everything except for, you know, and like my dad was in construction. So like if it was a house thing, it was automatically my dad. That's his wheelhouse. Right. That's his literal profession. So it's like anything to do with our house. Well, he's building houses. He can take care of it. And then our cars mostly went to the mechanics, too. Dad actually didn't do a lot of work on the cars himself. Um, so I guess that was... But I, I'd say same in the sense that like my mom was also taking care of the kids yeah. just basically by herself. Yeah. And then um, taking care of all the meals, all the groceries. Um, I'm pretty sure like all the bills and like utilities and stuff like that. Um,
0: like being the bill pair or being the accountant, being the, of accountant. the house. Being the accountant. Yeah. Yes. She was
1: the accountant for the, like my dad's company and for our household. Right. And then, yeah, all of our appointments, making sure that like we all had dentist appointments, chiropractor appointments, school, all that kind of stuff. So similar in the sense that our moms did take on a huge load mm-hmm. on themselves, different in the sense that my mom wasn't expected to fill in all the gaps. Right. Dad, it was very much like dad goes to work and that's enough. Mm-hmm. And then that's his thing. And then mom does the other things.
0: Yeah. No, there's definitely, yeah, definitely no argument to be said when it comes to the fact that we both had very strong doer type mothers who did, yeah, everything, if not basically everything. I guess, I guess I just feel like it's still different categories because yeah, my mom was single, you know, and then. Yeah, I guess the really the only time I can compare is, ah, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's there is something different to be said about like, okay, yes, your mom did everything, and gosh, I still see her do everything. You know, like she is, <laughs> she's the doer of the house. Um, I don't know. Is it? It's just different when you're single, and maybe I'm being like a little bit defensive right now because I used to be, but. I, yeah, I would just say there was like still, gen- like there was gendered roles in your house and there wasn't gendered roles in my house. Right.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I guess we've set up now how you grew up, how I grew up, how we're similar, how they're different. And then now we can push off to how that affected us in our adult lives. Yeah. So, after that. so
0: you moved in and you were like, what's cooking no not what's cooking you're you're the chef and always have been you were like what's cleaning how do i do that wait i have to clean wait i have to pick up after myself wait i have to scrub the toilet have you ever scrubbed the toilet
1: one thing i will say that is like i i I don't know it's just like it didn't seem to come up but i cleaned i had my own bathroom for like years Uh and i cleaned it every single week Like, yeah, mom had to bug me. Like, hey, remember, like, it's Saturday again. Get in there. But, like, other than me being resistant and lazy, like, I cleaned that bathroom. The tub, the sink, the toilet, the floor. I cleaned the entire bathroom once every week. That was, like, her expectation. And there was no one else to, like, do that for me. She did occasionally, like, maybe if I was away or I had forgotten too long and she just couldn't stand it and she just went and did it. Yeah. But, like... For the most part, I'd say on average, it was. I don't know if on average is the right word, but like mostly every week, I clean the bathroom. So I am used to scrubbing toilets.
0: I would I love think. to hear what she has to say after listening to this. But you know Because she does listen to my podcast, you but know. But you
1: know what I did do? What would you do? I definitely slacked up when I moved in with you because Hell yeah, I you did. did not jump at cleaning the toilets. I was like,
0: I have we'll never see what? seen you scrub a toilet well, like, or a bathtub.
1: No. I don't like it.
0: <laughs> you think I like no, it? No, I don't think you do. I don't, but sweetie. But when
1: I first moved in, I was like, I guess we'll just see what happens.
0: I'll just do nothing and then wait for her to nag me and then be mad she's nagging me. Yeah,
1: which is terrible. And it I is. And I shouldn't have done that. And I, if I had to start over now, obviously, I would have been like, okay, I'll take the bathrooms as my thing. I'll do the kitchen and the bathrooms and whatever. It's
0: never too late. Yeah. You want to do the kitchen and the bathrooms? Shake on it
1: fit it in my schedule. (laughs) Are you
0: fucking kidding me? Oh my god. Anyway. This is a prime example of like the un... What's the word? The unrealistic standard of men and women. If you can fit it... Like, you know, like I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that I haven't been working a traditional job for the majority of the time that you and I have been together. But I'm still working like... If I wasn't here, you'd have to hire someone for childcare, you know?
1: I think the difference is like expectations and standard of living is like men can live in such a different way than women are willing to typically, which is why we would let certain things like that just be up to fate and like, we'll see what happens because it's like, for most men, probably the expectation of having a spotless bathroom is not very high compared to
0: most women. You're really softening this argument. It's not that, like, yes, we have different expectations, but let's just clarify that your expectation means that you would be living in filth.
1: Yeah, I'd still clean it, just not very often.
0: I have, it's just like, yeah. When you
1: have people over, you know.
0: You know, God forbid something happens to me. And you just end up with our children. Like, yeah. there is a certain standard your ha- house has to be. Otherwise, you know, your kids are going to school stinking and people are calling the ministry on you. And then they come check your house and it's a pigsty and goodbye children. You know, like, it's just like basic human existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do worry that something happens to me and Cody doesn't keep her house clean. She thinks That's like my number one worry. She thinks if
1: she dies that I will change absolutely nothing about my life and I'll just pretend that she's still there. (laughs) Which is absolutely not true. You're like, what will happen if I die? I'm like, well, then I have to adjust my entire life. And I will.
0: But why can't you just adjust your life in like thinking about... Because change is hard. (laughs) Oh my God. Men are baby goddamn boys. Let's just say that. I
1: finished before you said... For me, or like, you know.
0: Yeah, you spoke too soon. I
1: definitely did. So now my foot's in my mouth. <laughs> <as> I
0: <say. laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So I do want to say, like, I think that the partnership that we have in our marriage is actually really good. Like, Cody is a very hands-on father and 100% splits. And... Ugh, yeah splits 50 50 with me the physical hands-on parenting and the reason why i had a quick moment of hesitation is because actually there's a lot of time where i feel like he does more than i do because he often there was a period of time where he was the only one who did bedtime and i forgot about that yeah you were the only one who did bedtime and yeah he's like very active and and definitely the type to like more quickly play with our kids you know if they want to go on the trampoline like yeah he'll go on the trampoline um but then obviously i am at home with them all day so you know that's also different but um yeah so i am very grateful for that because i hear a lot of situations where my friends partners are not hands-on with the kids and just think that it's up to their wife to do all of that even like and their excuse is always like i worked all day and it's crazy to me how there are so many <laughs> male partners aka husbands that genuinely believe them going to a job all day is actually more difficult than being at home with children like
1: one thing i will say i just thought of this actually because we had talked about the other day about getting used to a longer work day mm-hmm. and like you know i you know working an 8 hour day i get home some days and I'm like, gosh, I'm so tired, you Mm -hmm. know, like just eight hours is a lot. And then I remember like there were days where I was working a job where it was minimum 10 hours a day, five days a week, Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, 12 hour days or even slightly more. And it was like, I got used to that. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get used to your work day being 12 hours and you get home and you go, man, that was like, I just, that I feel like is more valid to say I just got home from work Because that was four extra hours onto a work day. That's like another half a work day tacked on. To say, man, I'm tired after a day of work after 12. is like, makes more sense than eight. Because, sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place. What I'm saying is if you get home from work from an eight hour day. Mm -hmm. And you could tack on four hours of like, quote unquote, parenting work. Mm -hmm. That's just a 12 hour day of work, right? Where it's like, if you can do a 12 hour work day. You could add home life tasks on top of an eight hour day. You know, like.
0: Okay, I hear what you're saying. I really do hear what you're saying. I think that you're forgetting that that eight hour day that turned into a 12 hour day for you also turned, oh, for the love of God, my alarm. Ah, 8.30, my alarm always goes off to remind me to take my meds. And do I ever take it at 8.30? Absolutely not. I do not. But I do take it every night before I go to bed. That's good. Okay. Anyways. Yes. That's an extra four hours of work. That is tiring. And also, (laughs) that's an extra four hours of solo parenting for that person who's at home. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, no, I, I, it doesn't actually matter to me how many hours you work because the other person is also working as the at-home parent who is yeah. taking care of children and feeding them and being a cook and a cleaner and a laundromat, like, and way more of a mental load than any job. Oh. I have worked under intense physical pressure in the oil field and intense, uh, you know, I don't want to say like emotional pressure, but you know, stressful, like a, a large mental load of in-office work. Parenting by far is way more difficult.
1: I think you missed me a little bit and probably more of my delivery. I wasn't focusing on justifyingly saying that you're tired after 12-hour days at a job. What I mean is if you can get used to a 12-hour workday at the job, you can get used to picking up more of your home life burden after an eight-hour day. That's what I was really getting at. What I'm saying is like... I used to have zero load when I was single getting home from a work day. Yes. Eight hours. I would get home. I would read a book. I would drink wine. I would make any kind of meal at any time. I could have a nap. I could play video games, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like I literally had all the time. And then now eight hours I get home and, you know, the first people to greet me are usually are the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes they don't always need me. Sometimes they do but I'm like expecting when I get in the door now that like I step in the door, my first thing is going to be interaction. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go, Hey kids, just let me sit down for a minute. Like sometimes that happens, but I say for the most part, I put my bag down and then I like see what needs doing with the kids because yeah, it's at a time of day probably where like one of the boys is more like, he's like getting to the end. He's like, (laughs) You're at the end of your rope with him specifically, so <laughs> yeah. I would be like, okay, it's that time. I got to, you know, play interference here. Yeah, and that's so, true. Anyways, what I meant was getting home after an eight-hour day and picking up more home life work is totally reasonable because there are plenty of people who work longer work days mm-hmm. already. It's mm-hmm. like, if you can get used to a 12-hour work day, you can get used to coming home and picking up more slack after eight hours. Like, it's it, it can be done. I got you. You gotcha. can adjust okay. your body to it.
0: Yeah, I did not pick up pick up what you were putting down. At all. I
1: don't know. I didn't know how to say it any clearer, and I just <laughs> said it. I just said it. but I think I said it like three times the same way. Instead
0: of you're a like, maybe way. if I just repeat myself, well, just it will make going. sense.
1: I keep saying twelve hours, eight hours, back and forth, and then
0: they'll get it. No, that makes sense to me for so, sure. So and you know, okay, I know this is like slightly going off topic, but I I just want to say it. Like the other thing I want to say is you know, okay, let's just say you were, you know, okay, so you work eight hour days at your traditional out of the home job. Um, You know, when you were working those longer days, and I wanted to, there were times where you would come home after bedtime. I mean, it wasn't very often, but there were times like, obviously, I'm going to put the kids to bed, because first of all, they still need their schedule, regardless of what I feel is fair in my load. Second of all, like, Just because I love you and care for you, I want things to be easy for you when you get home. So I do, like, I know that I'm being, like, very feminist in my delivery, saying, like, I, you know, you worked all day, I worked all day, you get home, it's even Steven's. Like, I understand, like, I still think that in theory. And with that being said, like, I love you and I obviously want to make things easy for you so you know if it's a scenario where you're working all day long like I'm gonna happily make dinner I'm gonna happily take care of the kids so that when you come home you don't have to do any of that if you've been out of the house for 15 hours like you know there's there, and there's nothing wrong with that there's I feel like there was a, a long period of time where I was really stuck in feminism and so I was being like a bit stubborn about it like well that's not very feminist of me and it's like you can be a feminist and also follow your heart and what you want to do for your partner, then that's totally okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I just want to put that out there. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a very traditional housewife as long as it's actually fulfilling to you is the biggest thing. Like one of my closest friends, I'll tell you like, you know, I'll tell you after. Um, Yeah. I find her to be like, I mean, she is a strong woman and definitely in my opinion leads her house. Um, And also is a very like traditional wife and is happy to serve is the wrong word, but like provide for her husband in those more traditional feminine wife ways. But she's like genuinely happy to do it. And yeah, power to her. Like that's, that's awesome. I mean, I love lessening your burden. Like we know that I'm not like the world's best cook and that's definitely more of your wheelhouse, but when I make dinner and it's actually good, and I can take that off of you, I feel very happy about it. Yeah, I do too. I want to help you. Like, okay, the dinner I made tonight was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I maybe screwed up the timing of it a little bit, but like, it was good. Yeah. I don't know how you could screw up pierogies, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: there are ways. There are ways. What's the you What's
0: your good. favorite thing that I've ever made?
1: Favorite thing that you've ever made.
0: Hmm. Something that's, like, full of flavor and I actually nailed. Dude, no.
1: There might have been an iteration of a stir fry that you did that, like, yeah. you, you you had the right sequence of things all at the right proportions to my palate.
0: Nice. Probably
1: one of them that wasn't to your palate. Like, yeah. I was like, you were like, oh, I made this one too sweet. And I'm like, no, nah, it's perfect or something like that. Yeah. That's typically what it is. Yeah, we, we do often have a have the different same palette. same needs. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just gonna check my notes here because I'm thinking. Um, okay, so that was the other thing in regards to the mental load. Another thing that Vanessa said in that podcast that I talked to Cody about, because it was like, okay, so we can acknowledge the fact that like often women have the majority of the mental load, and I mean, okay. So I'm all over the place, but I think we got here because I wanted to say like, you are a very hands-on partner and I don't feel like, obviously there are days where I feel like, okay, this is not fair and I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I'm sure there are days where you feel the same way. Other Like in general, our relationship really is pretty 50-50, you know? And so, or okay, 50-50 in the sense of like, Yeah, we have a more balanced load, but, like, we both give a 100 each time on our best days and the days where one of us needs to pick up the slack because the other person is struggling. Like, obviously, we're more than happy to do that. Basically, what I'm trying to say is we actually have, like, a wonderful marriage and there's no, like, resentment or frustration typically. We've been Um, able to
1: communicate with each other in a, like, honest and open way that, like, when we're at our end with a certain scenario and we Mm -hmm. need to tag in and tag out and each of us are like able to do pretty much all of those things on our own you Mm -hmm. know it's like I can I don't know yeah anything that needs doing with the kids or with the house at any point we could say hey like this isn't going to work for me for whatever reason you know can you do this can I trade you or whatever and we're pretty good about just being like absolutely you know so long as we're feeling like we're respecting the other person and not just being like, I just don't want to do any of this. You yeah, not
0: taking advantage.
1: You know, if yeah. one child is, is somehow not vibing with us and it's just given us grief, mm-hmm. we'll be like, okay, we're switching who's putting who to bed. And then that will ease probably both of ours or at least one of our like stresses, you know? Yes. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, okay, so I... I need a lot of sleep. And I don't know if it's because I am female, or if it's just because of who I am, or I also have like an autoimmune disease. And so I don't know, but I I definitely need more sleep than the average person. And so there are a fair amount of time where I say to Cody, once he gets home from work, like, I need to nap, I'm not going to get through the rest of the day. And gosh, I don't think you've ever been like, absolutely not like I couldn't imagine you saying that because we have so much respect in our marriage I mean obviously I'm not choosing to nap at totally inconvenient times like I'm not you know uh you know being appropriate with time and respectful with time um but yeah you're like no worries babe you know nap if you need to nap so yeah we we really have good communication and we have put in a lot of work but also therapy has been great for us Mm -hmm. I mean I don't want to act like we're just like perfect and we're just unicorns yeah and we don't like gosh we don't even have it figured out (laughs) last night can i talk about the fight we had last night yeah the fight that was like is it was that even a fight
1: yeah i don't know would you classify that as a fight you'd have to even refresh my memory on what happened
0: (laughs) 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 okay so we were sitting at the kitchen table and it was like the end of the night and actually we had talked about potentially recording this episode last night. And so we were kind of like at the point in the night of like, okay, which direction do we go in? And I had just made apple crisp, and so we had eaten that, we had, we were drinking wine. And for some reason, we were looking at our Google calendar because we have a Google calendar that we both keep on our phone so that we're like in the loop of each other's appointments and it's not like, oh, hey babe, I'm going to game with someone tonight and I'm like, what the fuck? We have an appointment tonight, you know? So That was a, okay, side note, Mm. that was Cody's idea because I fucking had a meltdown one night and was like, I can't keep track of everybody's appointments. I'm going to scream. And I think I like was so mad that I like left, like I went out for a breather or maybe I like went into the bath or something. And he, once I came back and I was calm, he was like, look, babe, let's do Google Calendar and we can solve this problem. And I was like, I'm so in love with you and want to jump your bone right now. Um sorry mom um so anyways that was a side note but we were looking at the google calendar last night and I had seen that there was two appointments for Cody that were the same thing on different days and I was confused and I was like oh what the heck and anyways I had put it in on the wrong day but he had put it in on the right day at the wrong time and I was like why wouldn't you just put it in at the right time so that you don't get the time mixed up and he was like dismissive in my opinion and just like oh my god, stop talking, like, I know what I'm doing, but, like, not in a way that was, like, oh, don't worry, babe, I got it figured out. He was, like, stop, like, I'm fine, and I was, like, ew, and then I lost it, because, I mean, okay, to say I lost it's probably dramatic, but, like, I got pretty upset, because, well, at first, I didn't know why, (laughs) I just got mad at him, and I was, like, oh my god, I'm so sick of, like, having to take care of you, and babysit, and blah, 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 and I, like, I definitely overreacted, and, Cody will often like act like we're not fighting when we are which is just like extra annoying like I'm sitting in silence and he'd be like yeah so like okay what do you want to do now and I'm like ew don't even talk to me like I'm not mad at you right now and so I said I need a minute and so he went to the bedroom and read and I think it was literally two minutes later that I went in the bedroom and I was like okay I think I know what it is I think that I'm feeling very overwhelmed with the mental load right now and it was like just a bit triggering for me to think about having to take on another thing like I was like I'm just picturing you frantically missing the appointment because you put in the wrong time or like you frantically calling me to be like oh shit what's the time again and me just being like are you fucking serious like you are a grown adult and so yeah I was able to like think about it critically and realize what my problem was and so then I basically just went to him and said, "Like, okay, this is my problem. Like, I'm, I'm actually just feeling anxious that you're gonna make this my problem, and I don't think it should be. Like, you can take care of your own appointments." And then he said to me, "Like, can I say, like, yeah, Do you want to put in anything?" Sure.
1: I just in my own, uh, like, aloof slash chaotic way, <laughs> or I rather I explained my aloof slash chaotic way of dealing with such instances and walked her through how I would pinball my way to the correct time of my appointment (laughs) because I was like yeah yeah I know I put it in the wrong time I just kind of put it on the day because that's what was most important was remembering what day it is and I'm like I explained that I will get so anxious knowing I have an appointment that day that like my whole day is kind of consumed by anticipating all the obstacles I might have for that particular thing like what if I get lost how much time do I need if I get lost if I don't get lost or it's like how soon do I need to leave the house blah 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 blah. so I just thought like I don't even know where the place is I'm gonna have to look at the form to see what the address is for my appointment and then I'm gonna see what time it is yeah I'll take note of that and then I'll do all the calculations I need for like okay am I gonna go to work and then leave or am I just gonna go straight there go to work after basically I was like I'm going to solve this, but I'm not doing it now. (laughs) Yeah. And I (laughs) find that
0: so annoying and, but, but, (laughs) okay. So, you know, I'm having my feelings and whatever. I I know I overreacted, but my feelings are still valid. So that brought me to like, okay, but why am I so frustrated with this? And yeah, it really just came down to like, it's because I'm scared that this is going to fall on my shoulders and I can't fucking handle another thing on my shoulders. So yeah, I ended up explaining that to him and, yeah, he was basically just like, okay, but I got it figured out. And I said, okay, but like, is there any way that next time you could just simply say that? Like, don't worry, babe, I got it figured out. Or, and then, and then you annoyed me so much because you were like, well, while we were talking, I changed the appointment time. And I'm like, then why didn't you just say, no worries, babe, I'll change the appointment time. But again, like, yeah, not wanting to sort of steamroll him and make it like, well, because I feel this way, he has to change his behavior. Obviously, he's valid in his thought process, but I think that we have a good balance of like, either one of us has a problem. We talk about it. Sometimes we fight about it, but then we always end up resolving it because we can see each other's perspective at one point or another in the night. And then we can talk about that once we really like calm down and realize each other's perspective. Yeah,
1: it just goes to show that you, yeah, you can't communicate if you're basing all of your, words on just your emotions mm-hmm. because you're not thinking as clearly. So it's like every fight has or every argument has the like irrational stage mm-hmm. and then later you do the rational stage and so for me, you so like your your like emotional response was a like you were feeling defensive because you were worried about um, something that was gonna affect you mm-hmm. and so you 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 know overreacted to that and then I overreacted in a defensive way. Because my instinct was just like, hey, why the hell am I being attacked for literally nothing? This mm-hmm. is like so small. This is stupid. And then I got all like prideful and like, you know, not as direct and calming as I could have been because I was all annoyed. I'm like, well, why the hell are you jumping at me anyway? <laughs> yeah. So then like we both do our irrational thing. And then later we calm down and we do our rational thing, which is like yeah just talk out like why we did those dumb things and then we can...
0: and then we're good <laughs> then we and then we say we love each other and kiss and you know what nine times out of ten actually i would say that we have our rational phase and then like minutes later we Very can quick. communicate like
1: because we, we hate stewing and that kind of stuff
0: yeah and you know what that's not for everybody some people need to wait until the evening or the next morning and i don't believe in the whole like don't go to bed angry thing personally. Like, I think it's... Like, I don't know if I could go to bed angry, but I don't like that as, like, an overall rule for marriage. I think if someone needs overnight to think about something, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, you can't force resolution.
0: No, absolutely not. So I get that.
1: But I think it's good to have a goal to, like, try to work through it so that we don't prolong, you know, anyone's mental suffering. or like, worrying about outcomes or... if you don't know what someone's thinking there's nothing more like stress causing than worrying about what someone else might be thinking you know so it's like that for that reason it's just helpful to get it out sooner so that at least you at least you know because you might have totally missed the mark you might be upset and you're like i need to think about this and they're like over it (laughs) (laughs) and you're just stewing for a whole day before you like approach them and they're like oh no no no, i'm fine and then you go oh okay i was gonna i was ready to be mad and then (laughs) i sat with that for a whole
0: for a whole day for nothing i
1: wasted a good worry
0: (laughs) that kind of i know that we're like a bit off here and we'll circle back but um it just reminded me of the fact that like you really can't assume what somebody's thinking and then on the other side of that you don't know what somebody's like, where they're at unless you say your feelings. Nobody is a mind reader. And I think that's another thing that's an issue in a lot of marriages. Like, okay, here I am talking like I'm a goddamn expert, which I'm obviously (laughs) not. But, yeah, I think that just to say, like, we struggled with that to a certain extent. Like, how many times have I told you I'm not a mind reader? But then, like, you also have to say that to me. Yeah, It's so natural to assume things as humans. And, yeah, I... I just feel like I've heard of so many instances of like partners being mad at each other but they're not communicating about it or they have an issue and they're not communicating and I'm like literally just talk about it like I am the kind of person who I have a really hard time I can internalize definitely in certain situations typically though like if there's a conflict between Cody and I like I can't keep my mouth shut like I think I verbalize What did I just say? (laughs) Verbalize. I verbalize the majority of my thoughts when I'm with Cody. Like I have to say what I'm thinking to get it out. Otherwise, I just feel too bottled up. And I actually think that like, although I wouldn't necessarily call that a strength of mine in all situations, I do think it's become a strength in marriage because it's forced us to talk about literally everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say one one of our most like common phrases between each other is we'll just be like, "Hey, are we friends?" Yeah, we're still friends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, cause yeah, if we're if we're unsure, we're like, "They seem a little like cross with me." Let's float this one out there. You know? Yeah, we still friends? Are we? And, Gucci? and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, okay." I was misinterpreting your your like um, uh, body language, and then you can move on.
0: Babe, are we al dente? <laughs>
1: al dente. Everything's. <laughs> al dente.
0: Oh, Jesus. Um, okay, so I'm going to circle back here because, so yeah, basically, uh, I don't know how I specifically start Oh, I think we were talking about like couples therapy, but how did we get there? Because the next thing that I wanted to say was when Vanessa talked about this mental load and how we can sort of just like sit there and stew about how we have this large mental load, or we can actually do something about it. And that basically starts with, like allowing our partners to take on this certain thing. Um, So the example that she used was that she has a friend who, shoot, now what is the story? Does the story matter? No, it doesn't. Basically, she has a friend who has said to the father of her children, you're responsible for the dentist appointments. Like I'm not dealing with anything that has to do with their teeth. If it's their teeth, it's your responsibility. If their teeth fall out and rot, that's on you. So that was basically like her way of letting go of some of the mental load. Um, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I I like it. Uh, (laughs) uh, So yeah, so she talked about like, okay, you got to let go and just let them do the thing. But then there's a couple things to be said about this. Because letting go and letting them have a thing to take care of to lessen your mental load also means that you have to let go of micromanaging them. But then with that being said, there also has to be a certain level of care, a certain level of ex- expectation that you have to, that they have to meet. Like you can't just say, okay, I'm going to let go of the mental load of them making this doctor's appointment, but then just be totally okay with them not doing it for six months. Like that's ridiculous. And so I think <laughs> that was the other thing that we kind of talked about is I was like, yeah, there, there are times where I say like, okay, Cody's just going to do this. Like I'm, you know, I'm not cleaning the kitchen one more time. He's going to clean the kitchen. I'm going to let it get as dirty as it needs to be until he finally just does it. You know, and then I'm using the kitchen as, as an example. I don't know if this particular thing has happened, but, and then I'll finally say like, okay, clean the kitchen. And I'm like annoyed about it because I'm like, oh my God, how do you not do this? And then, you know, he might be upset with me nagging him. But we have to let go of that. It's not about nagging you. It's about the fact that, like, there is a certain level of care, a certain expectation that has to be met by both parties because it's just a part of having a functioning household. You know, as we're talking stereotypes here, as a husband, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to do it when I'm going to do it. Don't nag me. If I, You know, don't micromanage me. My, what? Micromanage yeah. me. Like, it's... <laughs> That's not what it is. You just have to do the thing by a certain time because that's how life is. Like, I mean, obviously, there are certain things that I want you to do, like, now. And that's a me thing. And I know that's a me thing at certain times. Like, yeah, if I want this, I don't know, picture hung... I don't know. I don't know what other example to use. If I want this, I don't know why I wouldn't just hang the picture myself, but I'm just going to use it as an example. If I want this picture hung right now, obviously I know that that's just me being silly. Okay. But if I'm saying like, you have to take the garbage out right now, that's not really a thing that you can be like, well, I'm going to do it when I'm going to do it. Like, no, there's a certain level of care that you have to attain mm. because that's just a part of a functioning household.
1: Yeah. When, when we first moved in and it was like, hey, can you take the garbage out? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. And I'd be sitting on the couch for 15 minutes. And you're like, are you going to do that? I'm like, yeah, like when I'm ready to get up. <laughs> you hated it so much. I don't do that anymore. That's because it's rude. It is rude. I don't do it anymore. Like, No, you don't. Um, especially because I've like seen more. I don't know like why it wasn't so obvious then. But I'm just like, man, kids make stinky garbage. So like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you, when the garbage needs to get out, like I know it. Also, I feel like our garbage is packed full every single day. So it's like, it's got to get taken out no matter what. I yeah. can't, I can't wait. Cause there's just so much garbage and I hate it.
0: Yeah. I um, don't even, you're still on it now. I don't even think I ask you.
1: So that's gone. But like, yeah, it's, um, you're right. That kind of a thing can't really wait. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just, I think it's just about having like mutual respect for one another. Obviously, it's not respectful for me to expect you to drop everything you're doing to hang up a picture, but it's not respectful of you to make me wait about the garbage just because you simply don't feel like doing it. Like, it's just about putting yourself in each other's shoes and like, yeah, having respect for not only your partner and the thing that they need you to do that's totally reasonable it's about also having respect for your household and the way that it operates.
1: Yeah, being a team teammate for yes. the same goal. It's like you um you probably what's happening in relationships is like someone is just valuing the household lower. Yeah. Um and it's like you you can't do that. You got to be on the same page. Yeah. And that's I think what happened because we were asked about like what got me to finally like take more of a more burden and then like more to your standards. Like, how did you get through to them? You mm-hmm. know, what was it? And I'm like, I don't know. There wasn't really one thing. I just finally had the same level of, like, respect for our household. And I just have your, I share your expectation of, like, what it should look like, what should be done and what I want for it. Mm-hmm. it's like, now it's just like we feel the same about a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for me and for us, for everybody. It's just like, that's just what this house is now. So, yeah. That's, yeah, and, like, I don't even know having gone from, like, lazy and unhelpful to (laughs) productive and helpful. I'm, like, I don't even know how I would tell somebody else to, like, encourage their partner to do that or, like, how to encourage someone to change their habits so that they're more productive like i don't even know where i'd start if i had to tell somebody else i don't know i just feel like it just happened over time
0: i feel like there were certain stages that i noticed for you i'm thinking uh yeah there was definitely a certain changing point at some point when we lived in the condo but i think that had more to do with me being like holy shit i'm not going to be able to live with you if you don't clean up after yourself and you were like doing it out of fear but then there was an another changing point when we moved into that rental house because i feel like you you had more pride over owning a ho- like or not owning a home but like having a home even if it was just a rental mm-hmm. and then there was another turning point after we had our youngest and you were home at home for like a month a month five weeks i feel like your yeah. level of care went up even more because I think a couple things you had to do literally everything. Cause I had a cesarean and I couldn't move much. You, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it felt like you gained a whole new level of respect for me after the birth of our third. Would you agree?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Sure. I think, cause that's how it felt. Um, but then also I think that you actually got a taste of like, how challenging it is to be at home with children all day long because remember you were like you said you were like this is harder than being at work Mm -hmm. do you remember saying that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i loved hearing that because i was like thank you for validating me
1: (laughs) yeah because my biggest concern at work right now is like i'm bored You know, it is physically strenuous some days more than others and like i do come home physically tired i've had jobs that were much more physically demanding More consistently, like this current job is just like, yeah, I just struggle with being bored, and Mm -hmm. that's not a bad problem to have. When the opposite is like, yeah, you're struggling with overstimulation. You feel like you feel like you're going crazy because these are not rational, grown humans you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. These are budding, unripe people (laughs) who have their unripe um, uniquenesses.
0: unripe i like that a lot That kind of wear on you and so it's like yeah it's just
1: very different and hard to prepare for especially if you're not used to it yes i am used to only having being bored at work in my own brain that's like that's my only experience so to, to be at home with the kids for like full days or for like a couple overnights like those few times where you had gone on a trip it was like yeah um it's very jarring yeah to suddenly have to switch gears that drastically and like yeah it's just completely different especially the job at work is like I've always had a very cut and dry here's what needs to be done do it and then it's over and you know how to do it so that's not an issue and typically it's like you're one you're the only person doing it or one of very few people doing working with to do it so it's like there's no interference right but with kids it's like you don't always know what they're going to need next and you're not always going to know like how they need next, you know, they all mm-hmm. like they'll have different demands and different emotions that you have to adapt to in the moment, and yeah, it's it's um, just totally polar opposites to what I was used to, so that can be during as well, yeah, so yeah, it's difficult,
0: yeah, totally, yeah, totally, yeah, it's <laughs> I just can't even stress how much more difficult it is than going to work and. <sighs> sometimes I feel guilty like talking ill of it because obviously I wanted to be a mother I want to be a mother like it's yeah it's not something that I would ever change is having children because they're absolutely the number one joy in my life and also with that being said like it is just so much more taxing than anyone talks about in a real sense like I feel like it's you know, you just have to be so grateful and thankful for your children that, like, you're not even allowed to talk about the crummy parts of it, and that makes it worse because then you're isolated and mm-hmm. your mental health plummets.
1: So think about how much everybody bad their job, even the ones that they like. You know,
0: exactly. They always talk about
1: the worst thing. So and so did this, or I had to do this again. It's like yeah. everybody should talk to their work, so it's like yeah. to not feel comfortable saying, like, you know, cleaning up this exact same mess three times in a row was really annoying. Yeah. We're like, this kid was just mean to me today. <laughs> like, God, they can be my mean. My child was like really hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Like, should be able to talk about that too.
0: Our second born is like going through a terrible phase right now where his favorite word is no. And if you, if you say, hey, don't do that, he looks at you, does it, and then smiles. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God fucking god
1: yeah i can't stress enough like we've talked about this with individual people i don't know if you said it on the podcast before but like uh terrible twos in my opinion from what i've seen isn't a thing it's not like, a thing two-year-olds are curious and rambunctious mm-hmm. and that's awesome but mm-hmm. they have a certain new capability in their brain at like three years old and and on that is Just they're capable of so much more Uh. and like bordering on what we view as like malicious and it like it really (laughs) just changes so twos is like yeah they're a crazy young kid they're messy threes is like they're starting to really know how to push your buttons and Mm -hmm. they're getting good at it because they're really smart and that's the big difference that i've seen is like he's just so quick and he knows he you see it in his eyes he knows exactly what he's doing a two-year-old's they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They're just doing it. They're just all impulse. Yeah. Three, there's like some premeditation going on. Yeah. That's what I would say. So, anyways, quick aside.
0: Yeah, I feel bad because <laughs> I have friends who haven't experienced three year olds yet. And I'm like, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, you just wait because I hate that. I think it's, it's the worst. like, it's so annoying and condescending and not validating in the slightest. So, I never want to be that person, but I think it. I think like, no dude, you're a two year old, like and okay, but that's the other thing. I'm like, maybe that's just our kids. Yeah. Maybe other people's kids, their worst age is two. Obviously every child is different, but yeah, in our experience, two is nothing and three is uh <laughs> I have nothing thank you, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> I have nothing appropriate to say right now. <laughs> Frightening. Oh man, it's rough. Anyways, I wonder what it's gonna be like having to say to you like okay yeah you gotta find you know the next acting school and interview them and ask their rates and set that all up and go to the practice and you know meet the emotional needs of our child by ensuring that they're having a good time and they're feeling safe and protected and therefore enrolling our children and dealing with the financials like I'm just like Yeah, I can't even imagine you doing all of that because I do all of that. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Like, I'm curious to see how you handle that when that time comes.
1: I would like to say arrogantly. (laughs) (laughs) Confidently, maybe not arrogantly. Confidently, absolutely. That I believe that I could do anything if I really felt like that was something that I could, like, do fully. Like, you know, to think about it now is such, like, a half it's just a thought and so I I don't know I'm my brain is always like this where I leave things up to how they play out like I don't worry about things until they're in front of me and when they're in front of me I feel like I have a pretty good adaptability to deal with them and so it's like I looking at it now it's like yeah that would feel weird to have to handle that aspect. I'm like, I don't want to do that because I don't like talking to other people.
0: <laughs> you with really don't. Like that. I hate
1: it. But there could be a part of me that enjoys it once I get used to it because mm-hmm. the amount of things that I was afraid of or hated until I got used to them is a big list and it's getting bigger all the time. So yeah. um, I'm sure it would just become another thing that I would be grateful for being capable of doing
0: yeah no totally and i like i do agree with you when you say like yeah if i had to or wanted to i could do anything like absolutely you've already proven that to me i feel like if uh, if there was like (laughs) this is gonna sound tacky if there was like an award that could be given for the largest amount of growth a person could go through in the last couple (laughs) years you would receive it i agree (laughs) right it is
1: tacky and i agree
0: (laughs) that's a beautiful thing about life two things can be true that's right we are really learning that in our marriage too when it comes to like feelings and yeah there's it's not about who's right it's about the fact that like we are just our own people with our own experiences and you know how we experience things like both feelings and beliefs can be true that's the that's the wild thing about life and i think that's something that like a lot of people (laughs) lack they just think like nope there's a right or wrong and i'm right (laughs) it's annoying yeah um yeah i don't know i think that was pretty much it hey babe yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the there was a question that was in my head and i was thinking like okay i gotta ask him that and I know that I'm going to put him on the spot. But like it's gone from my brain now. Damn. So maybe it will pop back up and we can do it in another episode. I can usually tell when something's like on the tip of my tongue. And I'm like, no, I'll remember it soon. Like, nah, this is just straight is up great. gone.
1: You're like, this is like a dream I had two days ago that I, <laughs> I, I forgot the minute I woke up. And yes. now it's two days later trying to remember
0: it. Yes. Been there, done that. But I will put you on the spot for another question. Mm, what please. is your favorite thing? Did you say please? Yeah. God, you're adorable. What is your favorite thing about our marriage? Just, you can only pick one.
1: <laughs> uh, it seems like cheesy to say our communication, and, but that's true. Because what I'm talking about by communication is encompassing our conflict resolution. Yes. Our... Like sweet talk. Yes. And our goofy talk. Yeah. The way we can talk to each other and like total nonsense that even has our brilliant daughter stumped. Yeah. She's like, What on earth are you saying? And we're like somehow communicating in a way that she doesn't understand. I'm like, oh, it's just so funny how weird we can be and we get each other. Yeah. I like that. That we can be maximum goofy. And and it's well received. It's all dente.
0: It's all dente. I just got Cody to fist bump me in a hang loose motion. So pinky to pinky, thumb to thumb. Oh, we haven't done that in a hot minute.
1: And then our tiny hang loose. Our tini- and our tiny devil horns. <laughs> where we barely poke our fingers past But like numbles.
0: literally, why is your pinky so short? I'll never get past it.
1: It's probably some sort of evolutionary advantage, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would say that. What's what's the explanation for your extra long big toe?
1: Balance. You do most of your balancing off your big toe. You know, I what? have superior cat-like balance, and
0: you that's do just actually. <laughs> you actually do have good balance. I have
1: sprinting, perhaps more torque. Longer your foot, more torque you got on your takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I got like three extra horsepowers from my toe.
0: <laughs> Our youngest has his extra long toe, too, and that's really funny to me. Yeah.
1: gonna <laughs> have incredible balance. Yeah. He already does. Steady on his feet.
0: Thanks for listening, you guys. You know what I'm going to do? Typically, I end with, like, my very, uh, like, I, you know, I put in my, like, ending. I'm just going to go ahead and roll it out right now, but stand by. I need to pull it up. You know what, you guys? Thanks for listening while we learn to bloom. Cheers. <laughs>